With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to Lombardi Sweep. We have two more shows, including this one until the NFL Draft. Last week, we went over the offense, talked about offensive team needs, uh, what they need in the draft. We ranked them. We talked about some first-round draft targets. We went through some late-round draft targets, maybe what the Packers' plan is. We're going to be doing the same thing this week with the defense. With me again is Luke Reimer and Trevor Land. The brain trust. We'll figure it out. Hopefully, Gutekinds is watching because I'm pretty sure we – we got to figure it out for you. No need to do any other mistakes or trading up or, you know, messing up a good thing. We got it. I'm pretty sure. What do you guys think? I'll, I'll just say right off the top here, Zach, um, we're without Janet again this week. So I think that means we uh, might get a little rowdy again. She's usually like the piece yeah. that keeps us in check. And I feel good about the show tonight. I just watched a couple episodes of Sunny after I got home from dinner. So I'm all pumped up and ready to go. As... In the I've words, never seen that show. Oh, it's a great show. In the words of a uh, Mark Ingram, "Big trust." Hmm. You know, <laughs> so we're, we're ready to go. How many Packers podcast? How many people are quoting Mark Ingram today? I can't imagine many. That's, that's why you got to tune in. Who are we going to quote? That's no longer relevant. Who knows? You got to stick around to find out. I, I think yeah. as a as a professional journalist, I'm going to start working on uh, marking room quotes into every one of my articles that I put out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's got a whole a big binding of quotes. <laughs> or am I just disposal? I might just end every story with big trust. That works too. That works true. If you're new to the program, Trevor has an infatuation with washed up bad running backs. So uh, next week, prepare for Chris Ivory. LaShawn McCoy. McCoy, that's a good one. Chris Ivory is probably not in the league. You, you watch your mouth about LaShawn McCoy, all right? Him and Tyrod Taylor, two of the most undervalued players and disrespected players in NFL history, took the Buffalo Bills to the brink of beating Blake Bortles on his home soil, mind you. The same year, that team was inches away from the Super Bowl if Bortles wasn't able to bundle everything. So you watch what you say about McCoy, okay? You watch it. Uh, I feel like you're taking unwarranted shots at Blake Bortles, who, by the way, I think over the past five or six years, highest rushing average across the NFL. Uh, you put him in the Ravens offense, he would have rushed for 2,000 yards hey, last year. Hey, I'm, I'm not taking shots. I'm saying anybody who can contend, who can hang with the cigarette smashing, you know, Football slanging quarterback of Blake Bortles. Hey, put some respect on that name. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I accept your apology. I'm going to consider that an apology. Uh, Let's actually, before we get into the needs and stuff, 
we should probably address the stupidest thing that went around the internet this week in Packers. Because there's no Packers news. This is the closest thing there is to news in the past six weeks, maybe. Aside from Aaron Rodgers hosting Jeopardy, which is qualified as Packer news at this point. Uh, there was a leak of an image uh, or a piece of paper from the Packers front office. Fully typed out, perfectly placed of a trade with the New England Patriots. Uh, that the Patriots would be getting Jordan Love. The Packers would be getting the number 15 draft pick. If you're not, you know, if you have a couple more brain cells than Mark Murphy and Gudikins, you probably know that that is a fake image. So hopefully you're not passing it around as real news at this point. Um, there were plenty of stooges I saw saying that that's not enough for Jordan Love. And if that's the case... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I don't know. I'm not going. There's one individual that has been very vocal who said in full seriousness that that wasn't enough for Jordan Love. And then in a different argument said, uh, Robert Tunyon is a terrible tight end. He's the tight end four on the Packers roster. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I could argue. You can argue that he's not a good player or whatever, which is still false. But he put, I, I, Guess Jay Sternberger and DeGuara above him, probably that or Daphne, which fine. I don't know. I don't know. I'm irritated with the Packers fan base lately. You know, that raised an interesting question. I, I have a question. I was going to bust it out later, but since we're on the subject, we will bring it up now. Perfect. Who's going to have more career completions to Packers? Jordan Love or Jay Cutler, when all is said and done? I think this could be close. I hope it is. I hope it's close. I unfortunately still am. I firmly believe he's the Packers quarterback of 2022, but we will find out. Depends on how bad he is in the preseason. If he's terrible, you know Aaron Rodgers is going to get an extension. That's what they're waiting for right now. But if he's good or even competent, you know, we know it's going to happen. But let's talk about the Packers' defense. Obviously, last week was kind of smooth sailing with the offense, best offense in the league last year. Defense, a lot of holes, a lot of things needing to be fixed, starting with defensive coordinator, but unfortunately we can't draft another one of those. But this is my personal opinion in ranking the draft needs on the defense, and you guys can tell me what yours is. I think the top three are pretty obvious no matter what order it's in. But my top three is the cornerback, interior defensive line, inside linebacker, and then I have edge rusher and safety. And before you guys jump in, the reason why I put D-line, inside linebacker, second and third, I think there's still competent players in free agency that are super cheap. Like I just think the Packers can fill those. It's something we should have already done, but I think we can still do it. And then unlike last week where I think quarterback for all of us was lowest in terms of need for obvious reasons, it wasn't a need at all. Safety being last for me this week doesn't mean that's not a need. Like the Packers still desperately need a third safety that's competent, in my opinion. There's just so many holes across this defense. Obviously, depth is an issue everywhere on this defense. But yeah, just to reiterate before Luke, you can jump in what you think. I have cornerback, interior D-line, inside linebacker, edge rusher, safety. What's your thoughts? 
I I agree with you that um those three those top three could probably be put in any order. Um, I think it's obviously need cornerbacks, obviously need linebackers, obviously need interior defense linemen, obviously need. But I, I I have to stay consistent with what I've been saying this whole podcast is that we still I think we still need a fast linebacker. Um, we need someone who's able to run sideline to sideline and be able to drop back in coverage. I know it's tough to get, but I mean there are draft picks that have you know gone low in the first round where players have been available um, that can fill that need. Um, you guys probably know a little bit more about the prospects coming up that may be able to fill that need within a first round or even a second round. But I, I definitely think that if the package can find someone like that, that'd be the most important thing on the defense. Yeah. Yeah. This one's tough for me. Um, you know, I agree with the D line. I think there are a lot of guys you can get if you need a guy to plug up space. There are plenty of guys that are free agents that you can get for cheap. If you need a guy to get pressure, there are plenty of guys you can get for cheap. Um, for me, I, I look at the linebackers. I might be the only one who doesn't think it's as bad. Um, although granted, I think a lot of it will decide or will, you know, hinge on how they're used. You know, Preston Smith, Chris Barnes, Kamal Martin, Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary. Obviously, some of those guys are going to be on the line, right? They're not all going to be playing linebackers. Um, but depending on how they're used, I, I got to feel confident about that core. Now, you know, again, we've also seen these guys getting absolutely gashed in coverage. When we put Smith in coverage, you know, the running has been good at times with certain formats, but bad with others. So I think it, it really depends on how they're used. Um, so for me, number one, I, I'd have to go cornerback. Um, you know, obviously, unless you trade up really high, you're not going to get a guy to step in immediately and help. But, I mean, heaven forbid Jair goes down. And even for as much as I dislike Kevin King, if he goes down, that's a suction. That, that's a that's a vacuum that you need filled. Um, so I, I'd probably go quarterback first. Um, and the others outside of safeties being last, I, I think you could put in any position you want. I think that's fair. It, depth is so bad across this entire defense. It's ridiculous. To your point, if, if Alexander goes down, I mean, you know, let's hope Rodgers can put up 80 points because there's really not much we can do. Um, it's bad. I honestly feel like, despite Jack, in my opinion, and it's not like you guys are going to fight me on this, I'm sure. Alexander, in my opinion, is the best cornerback in the NFL. Despite that, I think this might be the worst cornerback room in the NFL. I think you could make a strong argument. It's for sure bottom five. Linebackers. I think this linebacker group is for sure bottom five in the NFL, possibly the worst in the NFL. It's. It's it's bad. It's really bad. And even still, linebacker, there's some top talent, you know, starting talent. I think Kamal Martin's great. I think he's a really good player. After him, <laughs> there's nothing. There's absolutely no, there's literally nothing. There's not even bodies after him. It's unbelievable. And it emphasizes the point and like free agency is a big deal. We don't even have bodies and we didn't do anything in free agency. It's really uh, it's unfortunate. So, yeah, I mean, the top three, we were pretty standard across here. 
And you know what? If it's cornerback or linebacker or whatever, you don't need to go top need in the first round, right? Like you don't need to go top need drafting the top need right away. So this is my thoughts. Looking at the draft, the way it plays out, I'm not a massive fan of the linebackers after the top like six guys. I think there's a steep drop-off in linebacker talent this year. Obviously, this is a super deep cornerback and offensive tackle draft, but let's see. There's one, two, three, four, four linebackers that I would call first-round guys, and even some of those are question marks. There might be one or two guys that I would probably grade as a second-round guy, and it's pretty much downhill from there. So that being said, Gudikins has said he wants to trade up for a guy. Uh, He already has his eye on somebody. We talked about last week this probably means a first-round trade-up. You're not necessarily talking about a second-round trade-up unless he really thinks he's a mastermind genius projecting the second round of players, which is ridiculous. So if he's trading up for a guy – and he thinks offensive tackle and cornerback super deep, like he has said, there's a legitimate chance he trades up for a linebacker. Guys who that could be, um, I don't think we have any shot at Micah Parsons out of Penn State. I just don't. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, I like. He's a sideline-to-sideline guy. He's extremely small, uh, 215. So, he doesn't make any sense for the Packers defense for me just because I view him as a four, three outside backer, which I think he could thrive there, but the Packers personnel is really three, four, unless we put both the Smith's hands in the dirt and we run a four, three that way, which I think could be good, but I don't think we're going to do that. So I think he might be out. Nick Bolton's from Missouri which is, I don't know, one of the least exciting colleges to me in general. I just feel like he's going to be a super overweight, slow linebacker. That's all I feel like Missouri is. But then there's David Collins, and this is the guy I've been talking about a lot. This is the guy who I think is the stud of this draft. I think he's going to be the steal of this draft. Uh, out of Tulsa, 6'4", 260. He's a monster. He looks like a premier edge rusher. He has the speed of a hybrid linebacker in the open field. He can cover extremely well. He can rush the passer extremely well. He's long. He can take on blockers. I If the Packers don't get this guy in the first round and we have a shot at getting him, I think that is a giant mistake because I don't see anybody who fits this team on the defensive side of the ball in the first round better than him. What do you guys think about Zayvon Collins specifically? And is there any like first round targets you guys are possibly throwing around as well? Um, I think uh, consistency is the name of my game here with uh, this podcast. I, I like everything you said, Zach. I've watched a little bit of film on this guy, just re- reading mock drafts or whatever. The only thing that scares me is Tulsa. You know, it's, it's not a huge sure. football program, not a big um, football conference that they're in. Um, but I mean, all the intangibles are there. The size is there. The speed is there. He looks great on film. But uh, once again, that's, you know, is he playing? Is he the best? Is he so good because he's playing against, you know, not the great competition? Who knows? Um, but one guy that I had written down that I saw, Daniel Jeremiah, maybe he was talking about him a little bit, is um, 
this guy out of Kentucky, Jamin Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he seems like a kind of guy who might be able to slip into a second round. Um, I, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on him, but I, I was just looking up before. Um, it seems kind of, you know, he played sideline to sideline, but he, he's just not that quick. So I, I, I don't know how well he would fit with, you know, going sideline to sideline as well as blitzing, stuff like that. Uh, I like him a lot. I think he's definitely a second-round guy if the Packers wait on him. He's a guy I don't think the Packers could get him in the second round where we're at. So, again, could the Packers trade up in the second round to get him? Absolutely. And I think he is pretty good. He's an athletic freak. I think he would be perfectly fine in the system. He's a weird spot in the draft. And honestly, I wouldn't be upset if the Packers traded out of the first round. Like if the Packers traded back, got an early second round and like a mid-second round pick somehow, like we got rid of our late second round, go early and mid. And maybe we go something like Jamin Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. or something. I think that could be massive. I think that could be really good. Yeah, I look at Parsons. I think it's actually possible he does fall where the Packers trade up. I don't think it's likely, but um, from what I saw and I did, I read about him obviously because I love him as a player. Um, and I did his draft profile, and the interesting thing was that his character is something that has teams concerned a little bit, especially the Giants. Uh, he gives off a real Odell Beckham Jr. vibe. Um, they got burned the first time. He's a generational talent. Um, at least he looks like it. Obviously, you can't tell five years in the future, but he looks like it. Will they pass on him? I don't know, but this could be a situation where if the Giants do pass on him, I see people saying, whoa, whoa, why, why are they passing on this guy? And suddenly they're scrambling. They're going, I, I don't want to touch this guy. You know, the Giants had OBJ. I don't want him. Um, I Do I think that's likely? Absolutely not. Um, but Zach, to your point about having the Smiths put their hands on the ground, having Micah Parsons there, I, I, I don't see how that's a bad move. Um, just looking at the abilities, he, he can be one out of three Nobody else needs to play, and he can make a huge impact. Um, but to your point about trading down, I think that's the best option. I really do. Um, we've talked about Asante Samuel Jr. He's really good. Um, Greg Newsome, you know, what have we really seen with him? I, I don't know. But again, trading down, I mean, what's the point of reaching for one of these guys in the first if you can get these guys in the second? You know, it, it just doesn't make sense. You might as well get something who knows, maybe get a late round flyer because those seems to be the pack, the the picks that the Packers hit on. So why not get a couple more of those? And, you know, I'd like to know your opinion because you did do a lot of the cornerback uh, draft profiles on flurrysports.org. My personal opinion is after the first couple cornerbacks, like certain, maybe JC Horn, I feel like, the next first round guys through mid second round, I feel like they're all the same to me. Like going down to down to Asante Samuel Jr. I don't think he's that big of a step down, if any, from Newsom to me. And he that could be a difference of twenty to thirty draft spots. Like if, sure. if the Packers trade back for someone like that, I think perfect. <laughs> Assuming it's not just a stupid trade where we're not gaining anything. 
Yeah, the one thing that I noticed about these cornerbacks is obviously you take out Sertan because um, he's just on a different level. The mm-hmm. one thing that I noticed is that there is not one cornerback that I looked at that I think had it all. What I mean by that is they either had incredible physical gifts like an Aaron Robinson out of UCF, um, who his stats don't look good. Um, cornerback out of Auburn, uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't have him up right now. But one of the quarterbacks, cornerbacks out of Auburn I was looking at. Um, same thing. Physically, he's a beast. Um, he's able to make plays, but then you look at his passer rating, he gives up, and it's like 94 to 100, you know? And so after Sertan, I, I would agree. I think they all kind of rumble together. And, you know, even Asante Samuel, as high as I am on him, even he's a risk. Um, mm-hmm. So it's better to trade down. You miss on him, and you get something else out of him too. Cool, but... Man, you reach on a guy like that and you miss, that's that's a tough sell, especially after the way the draft went last year. I, I'm wondering too if you know, like um we kinda Zach, you kinda mentioned that cornerbacks are kind of deep this year. Um I feel like that I, I hope they don't come in with the same mindset of, you know, how the receiver class is so deep last year we can wait on one and then end up not getting one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like that would be uh the Packers move. I hope that's not the case. There's so many good second, third round guys. Um, to your point, you brought up Aaron Robinson. That's an interesting guy to me. I personally like his UCF teammate better. I like Tate Gowan better, better, but that's because of position. So now this is where I want to talk. Packers need cornerback no matter what, whether you're high on Kevin King or not, Packers clearly need a cornerback. Uh, Aaron Robinson's a slot guy for sure. There's a few guys in that second, third round range that are have only been exclusively slot guys, kind of geared towards the slot for the NFL as well. Are you okay with the Packers taking a slot cornerback as like the cornerback choice for this draft? Or do you want an outside guy? I think I'm totally cool with taking a slot guy. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I'd be fine either way. I think you take, you know, you're looking at a corner, you need to take who's ever the best corner available. Because either way, it's going to help you, the outside or the slot. Um, I think the NFC Championship, Chris Godwin did a lot out of the, out of the slot. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, maybe it's just recency bias, but I feel like now the team, you know, the NFL is kind of shifting back to a run kind of first offense. That just opens up a lot of play action for, you know, a play action slot crossing route. I think if you get a guy that can somewhat competent to take that away, that just adds another layer to uh, confusing the other team's offense. Yeah, I don't think it matters. And I think this is the beauty of having a guy like Jair Alexander. It really doesn't matter because he's on an island all by himself. Um, you know, slot guy is fine. Man guy is fine. I mean, I mean, really, it all goes back to the pressure. If you can get pressure on the quarterback, cornerback, you know, yeah, you might be a little opposition, and that can be very bad. If you're getting to the quarterback, you're hitting the quarterback, that's not going to hurt you as much. Um, no matter where you put them. Um, but as for slot or man or outside, excuse me, I, I don't think it really matters when you have a guy like Jair's caliber there. It sounds like you went to the school of Joe Barry over the past couple of weeks with the uh, scheme talk. Cause that's exactly what his thoughts are. Uh, let's rush 
seven, eight guys. Hey, if the quarterback's laying on the ground, they can't throw the football, right? Like that's basically his thoughts. It's like, your point. Uh, it, it's like that scene in Dodgeball. I don't know if you guys remember when uh, when the super nerdy guy is like, you got to get mad, and he just runs at him like this yeah. to try to get the – that's what the Packers are going to be like. They're going to be sending the house, and the moment they get rid of that football, it's like, shit, that is a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much. I mean, like quarterbacks can throw off their back foot, just throw it as far as you can. And there's probably not going to be any Packers guys back there. Uh, it's I'm scared about it. To your point, Jair Alexander, you don't have to worry about that side of the field. He's on an island. Obviously, we're good. And, you know, we're assuming health is fine. The other outside cornerback is going to be on an island, too, just because of this defense. And that's my worry. And we talked about this before when we talked about the Kevin King signing, whether you like him, dislike him. Obviously, you know, there's plenty of opinions. It doesn't really matter at this point in the season what your opinion is. And we talked about, we brought up the fact that this guy is a 1% of 1% athlete, unbelievable talent, amazing physical build that could theoretically thrive in the slot. Like this could be a guy that could be that star role in the defense because he's big enough to play the run. It takes people head on long enough, fast enough, quick enough to play in the slot. So maybe there's that thought from Joe Barry to move Kevin King a little bit. And that's why they brought him back. And we do need an outside guy then obviously, because then it's Josh Jackson. There's nobody else aside from Jackson out there who I like, but we can't go into the season relying on him, clearly. I don't know. I, I prefer to go after an outside guy. If there's an amazing slot corner looking at us in the draft, who's clearly the top available, I think I would still pass personally, but I can understand why we would do that. I just, I don't know. I feel fine enough with Chandon and Sullivan. just because, and, and I know for a fact there's going to be somebody good at a different position there. Like we're talking second, third round, probably. I don't know. That's my thoughts. Um, as, let's as, see. as far yeah. as, um, you know, we kind of ranked the, you know, defensive positions that you think the Packers should go here. Um, I wonder if I'm even almost on the train of, I don't really care what position it is first round just taking the best overall player at any of those positions. Yeah. This this is a great draft. I mean, we were kind of in the position last year, and we saw how that went where it's very hard to screw this up. Like, there are so many places they could go, and I feel like there are very few picks where if they pick a guy, we'll be like, are you kidding me? So maybe they don't screw up an impossible draft to screw up 50% of the time. I I feel like that's the hope, but I would agree with you too. If they take anything on the defensive side of the ball, I I don't think anybody can be mad. Let's throw out the the same type of trade as last year. So the Packers use a first and fourth round to move up in the first round and they draft a a running, no, a running back. Fuck me. If they draft a wide receiver, let's say. They finally do the thing. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers last year, they give him a, a weapon, then they kick him out. Would you consider that a fail? The Packers used two draft picks to draft a wide receiver. 
See, I'm shaking my head here, but now that you just brought up that they used two picks to, you know, take a receiver when you when we talked about how we have no bodies on defense. That's that's I think what the key is here. Because would it be great mm-hmm. to have a first round receiver? Of course. You know, Aaron Rodgers never had the first round receiver. But now that it, it's seeming like, you know, you, you well, if you really think about it, you know, two picks, it damn near four picks for a first round receiver if you're going back to last year. So I, I would like it, but I don't necessarily know how how well it would be, you know, for unless they plan on making moves on the third day or whatever. I, I think it would all depend on who we get. Um, like I, I would probably 90% of the time agree with you, Luke, the 10% of the time where somebody that's really good falls as a wide receiver. Um, it, it's not going to happen, but um, why can't I think of his name now? Devonte Smith came into the combine at 160 pounds, which is less than me, which is sad because I'm five, nine. Um, but like, you know, if somebody like him or like a Jamar Chase were to fall, it's not going to happen. But, you know, if somebody like him were to fall, I feel like it's definitely worth it because they're just so good. Um, but to your point, I mean, if you're just kind of getting a first-round wide receiver that's kind of, you know, mid to late first round, even, you know, e- even without dropping, yeah, I think that's definitely a waste. Yeah, I, even if they got the Jamar Chase, they got Devontae Smith, you know, the top talent or whatever you, whatever you consider the top talent in the draft. I just don't think it makes the team much better. It would be great to have another top talent aside uh, Devontae Adams to destroy defenses. It, it just doesn't, you know, we're the number one offense. Are we going to be the better number one? Great. Like it, we're also still a run first team. So I, I just don't. I don't know. I, that's see, that's the biggest disappointing pick I could think of right now, aside from just something stupid like running back. So that's kind of what I'm preparing my mind for, and I think that would I would be disappointed. Of course, it'd be great for Rogers, but it would be disappointing to me. So. Let's look at some of these other prospects, I guess I should say. I don't know. I really – I would prefer to go – if we go defense in the first round, I would prefer to go linebacker, but th- those cornerbacks are good. Trevor, as the person who wrote a bunch of these uh, draft articles on cornerbacks, again, let's assume Sertain's gone. Let's say the Packers have a legitimate shot at J.C. Horn, Greg Newsome, and Fairley. And they probably have to trade up for one of them. Which one of those three would you want the Packers going for? This is a tough question um, because it depends what exactly they're looking for. Um, uh, Personally, I think if you're – if the Packers are of the mindset that Kevin King's good enough, we want a guy for maybe one year, two years down the road. We don't need him now. We just kind of need him in the system just to screw around for whatever reason. Um, I, I think Farley um, from uh, Virginia Tech is the best. I believe he's from Virginia Tech, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
he's a guy that was an all-state either running back or quarterback coming into college, got hurt, went to the defense. He remind his story reminds me a lot of TJ Watt. He is not going to be a TJ Watt. That's not what I'm saying, but a guy that can move pretty easily like that is obviously a very good athlete. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that comes with the position that he needs to learn, which is to be expected. Um, and he didn't play last year because of COVID taking care of family absences. So there's a real chance he was working hard. Um, and if he was working hard, he can get him into the gym. You can work. I think he'll be really good. Uh, if you're looking for a guy to make the, to make a statement right away, I think it's gotta be Asante Samuel jr. And I don't think it's close. Um, not only because of the father pedigree, but, um, he opted out the second half of the season as well. Um, he's been working. Obviously, again, his dad knows what to work on and definitely has contacts. So he, he's not just, you know, working out. He's actually getting better. Um, and he was with Florida State. So, you know, comparing him to a Newsom who was at Northwestern playing Purdue's, I'm going to take him first. Um, so out of those two guys, I'd pick one of them first, kind of depending on what the Packers are looking at when they're, drafting this cornerback i think that's fair i like them all up there i'm i'm not sold on newsome to your point level competition sucked you're playing purdue you're playing penn state you're fucking picking dandelions and the you know on the sidelines you're not doing shit the one game they needed them to play was ohio state and he got hurt right away so i don't know I, I'm not a big fan of him. I do like J.C. Horn. Like, if, if Joe Barry got to pick a player, I think it's going to be J.C. Horn. Um, I think he's probably going to be the second guy off the board, so it's going to be harder for the Packers to get anyway. But he's the press guy. Like, he's going to come up and punch a guy in the throat first down. Like, I think he's really good at that. And clearly that's the Joe Barry scheme. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Zach, I agree with you. I was going to bring up J.C. Horn. Um, as, as the guy who I would take, um, I, I think, you know, he plays such physical press man coverage, um, to, you know, stipe, even if you can get him for a second, we, we just talked about how, um, the Packers are going to do the best dodgeball impression, just run with their hands up, you know, and blitzes and stuff. Even if you can give the, you know, them a one extra second, that makes so much more of a difference for linebackers to get there, um, and just have a quarterback launch the ball up off his back foot. So I think if, if that's the game plan, if that's how it works out and J.C. Horn is on the Packers, I could see him grabbing a couple interceptions this year just off of, you know, uh, fluttering ducks alone. For sure. Of um, course, that is the one cornerback that Henry did. So thank you, Henry, for not letting uh, me be able to, you know, keep it consistent so I can give you a in-depth analysis on all of them. Flurry Sports really holding back the Packer podcast. They don't want us to succeed, man. They don't want us to succeed. It's trying to sabotage us. Uh, two other cornerbacks I want to talk about, unless I find somebody else that's interesting. I also like Trey Brown out of Oklahoma, but I'm not going to talk about him. If we are want, wanting to draft a slot guy, someone who I think is smart and physical, I think Javon Holland out of Oregon is actually pretty interesting. Packers love to draft guys who have played multiple positions. Packers love to draft guys and make them change positions. Luckily, he changed position beforehand, so we don't need to make him do that. Uh, I, he's a really good slack corner. He used to play safety. He sees the field super well. 
I don't think he played in 2020, if I remember correctly. But he's he's really, really good. Like I think there's no knocks against him, in my personal opinion, that are red flags. He's a second-round guy, most likely. Probably not to where the Packers are. But I like him quite a bit. And then the other guy whose name I'm going to absolutely butcher here out of Syracuse, uh, Afitu Milifanwu. I, I did this guy. Uh, I, I I had his name. I had his name down. I was about to press everybody here. Uh, <laughs> l- let me pull it up because I got I got to get in the right mindset. His, uh, his uh, yeah, I think that was right. Afitu Milifanwu. His, his brother was the Cowboys drafted him, I believe, and his brother set like the record for long jump or something at the combine, maybe two or three years ago. I think you're right. This guy is. Just as athletic, if not more. He he's fucking Kevin King with the possibility of becoming a good cornerback. Like if we want to roll the dice one more time on this. That's who I, I basically view this guy as. It says forty one and a half inch vertical, which is more than me, and then eleven two broad jump, also more than me. Uh pretty good. Pretty good. Uh coverage, fine. Again, playing in the ACC. Mm, who cares? Um, but he's super athletic, hyper athletic. And if Joe Barry's the teacher, like Matt LaFleur likes us to say, then maybe he can make a bad player good. So, you know what? Give him this guy. Say, hey, Joe, show me what you got. And then once that doesn't work out, fire him. If it does work out, hey, great. Maybe Jordan Love can make us <laughs> NFC North champions. I don't know. But that's kind of my thoughts there. I guess one more thing. Uh, we all, I mean, Luke, you're not bad. You're fan, I guess. I like Rashad Wild Goose quite a bit, and he's a third-round guy. If we pass on him, or a pass on cornerback first two rounds, rather, he's just really solid. In Packers corners, what the biggest thing they always look for is tackling. He can tackle. He has great ball skills. He can press. He's not huge by any means, but he's extremely physical. Joe Barry's going to love that. They can you know, have movie nights together talking about that. But I, I think he, by the way, Wild Goose, fucking sick name. Like, it doesn't seem like a real name. If I can get Wild Goose on the back of a Packers jersey, that'll make me feel just like a psycho running back there. But uh, he's he's going to be a very, very good player. He's not going to be a star. But if he can be a nickel or a rotational outside guy for somebody in, like, five years still, I think – He's going to be a very solid one. He uh, he kind of reminds me of what Cephas was coming out of college. Obviously, different positions, but you know, someone who can produce who's just a solid guy you can snag and maybe the third, fourth, fifth round somewhere around there. Well, and speaking of Cephas, you know, we talked about Northwestern and they haven't played anybody. Wisconsin really didn't play anybody either. But Wisconsin has is actually having some wide receivers now. Like, they're not just getting yeah. some white bums off the street. Um, he was lining up against Cephas in practice. Uh, Shamir DK has been impressing everybody. Uh, apparently, nobody can even hold him in spring practice. Um, so they don't have bums. Um, they put these cornerbacks against tight ends sometimes, I'm sure, and they have some good physical tight ends. So it's not like he's going up against a bunch of white boy walk-ons who have sat on the bench you know, cleaning towels for six years, you know, he's, he's actually facing people now. Granted, that's not NFL competition, but man, you add that with a guy who's already really solid. Um, his lockdown 
guys like Minnesota, like the Rashad Bateman, like the uh, um, the other guy that's on Tampa Bay now. Um, can't remember his name, but you know he's locked down some of these guys before. I'm trying to find because he didn't play much last year because he had that injury. I don't have access to stats against Ohio State. Um, but yeah, he he's a really solid guy. If you draft him, I think there's close to a zero percent chance he's a bust. At the same time, I mean, there's I I don't think the ceiling's very high. But at that point in the draft, let's get somebody. You know, we're we're probably figuring a first round bust at this point anyway. We'll probably do pretty good with the second round pick, and then we can get him at third. Good for us. Uh, is there any other cornerbacks you guys want to talk about, though? Um, what? I, just kind of staying in the big real, Big Ten realm here. I just kind of want to get your guys' opinion on Sean Wade from Ohio State. Um, let me look at him here. I'm I'm just gonna come out and say it. I know very little about him. Um, I watched a decent amount of Ohio State, but not as much as usual. Um, and when I was paying attention, I was seeing what Justin Fields could possibly whip up next. Um, so I don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, obviously come from Ohio state. That's usually a good thing, but there have been some stresses, some stretches where there have been some great talents coming out of Ohio state that you've never heard of again. So, um, it's kind of a crapshoot with those kind of guys. Uh, it looks like he is pretty terrible at corner. At Ohio State, he gave up 29 first downs, four touchdowns in eight games. But everyone's saying he should be transitioning to safety in the NFL, even though he never played at safety in college. So uh, maybe he could be better there. I, he's a big physical guy. I think he could be decent. But it sounds like he's a project, which Packers love, but we don't really have the time for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, who is that? What college is that? Let me dive down the rabbit hole here. Central Arkansas Bears. Okay, we need to draft Robert Rochelle. Uh, that's a sick logo. I'm all for this. He, I'll tell you everything you need to know about this guy. He is real deal. He has real deal makeup speed, which <laughs> I can tell you that means he gets burned often, but <laughs> he can make up the. Uh, he's sloppy, slow transitions, no ball awareness, but he has closing burst speed. Uh, projected that, fifth round. <laughs> that, that is the NFL draft version of they have a great personality. Like, it's like, yeah. okay, so the rest of them is complete shit. Like, they said he's got great bursts and can catch up. Weaknesses, yeah. they listed literally everything else about being a quarterback. <laughs> And the worst thing I think is they said round five. Who the hell is going after this man? Like, I, I, oh man, that's if if you're ranked behind this guy, I feel bad for you. You, you just gotta <laughs> pack it, pack it up, and go to the CFL or something because it's not working. Um, Central Arkansas, not really known for their great professional sports talent. Um, there is one name that sticks out though: six-time NBA champion Scotty Pippen. So m- oh, maybe. Really? They, so maybe uh, an athlete comes around every 30, 35 years, and this will be the Scottie Pippen of the NFL. Has to be. Absolutely has to be. I see no other possibility. 
Somehow right. there are more than one Central Arkansas players. Um, okay. Let's see if there are any. Re- uh, okay, well, <laughs> the the earliest drafted one of all time was fifth round, um, and two of them were drafted in the ninth and eleventh round. So I I thought I was going to go somewhere with this and say, Hey, central Arkansas, watch out. There's, there's no place. I I think, I think, I think we're good with the Scotty Pippen uh, comparison. If you're, if we're going to bring NFL players into it too. Yeah. He's probably as good as, uh, as all the other guys are probably as good as Jesus. You know what? Just pack it in. I can't talk. Let me let me just get my tongue back first, and I'll come back. Okay, well, uh, let's wrap up linebackers, and we can talk about some of these other positions. Uh, a guy I like, uh, even though I hate the school, uh, I like Baron Browning, Ohio State. He's extremely physical. Uh, he's going to fucking pound people. He's not super reactionary, I guess, in coverage. He he's. Shifty enough, his awareness isn't amazing. Uh, I find him slightly raw, and I do believe Joe Barry has the talent to develop linebackers. I think that's the one thing he is capable of doing. So I think he is actually – it says right here he's projected fourth round. If the Packers get him in the fourth round, I truly believe that would be a steal. And then another guy who's going pretty well, – they're projecting this guy second round. I would be surprised if he goes second round. Uh, Chaz Surratt, uh, North Carolina. He is the definition of a project. He is going to be unbelievable if they can refine his skills. Just an absolute freak of an athlete. He And he doesn't know how to read defenses. And again, playing in the ACC, he, or he doesn't know how to read offenses. Playing in the ACC, he didn't get to look at very many offenses. Uh, just a lot of sloppy football down there outside of Clemson. So... I think he has all of the tools to be very good in the NFL. He's again, Packers can only take on so many projects at once. Uh, Joe Perry probably needs to color from like two to 3 PM every day. Anyways, like that's his stress relief. So he doesn't have all the time to build up this guy. But if we have a few years, I think he could be very good. Chaz. Yeah. Um, we talked about my other guy from North Carolina, Daz last week. Um, Chaz it, and Daz. With Chaz and Daz, that'd make me very happy. But, um, you know, he's not very good at play recognition. I believe he might have been a quarterback before he was a linebacker. Um, I, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. In that, but um, so I don't know if that would help him out. Obviously, you know, whatever. But um, Chaz, everyone, I've been asking people have asked me about him, just me being a North Carolina fan. He's kind of slow as well, I believe. Um, and, you know, maybe two or three years ago, I said, yeah, this would be a great you know, second, third round draft pick. But it, like you said, Zach, I don't think the time is there for, you know, us to take on him while we're still developing Rashawn Gary and other players. Agreed. Rashawn Gary apparently got down under 10% fat percentage or whatever this week. That guy is looking good. He's putting in some crazy work this off season uh, at the right time. Thank God. Hey, is you there- know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but like I'm at 13. So let's, you know, there there are levels to this. So, hey, if I could be at 13 and just sit on the couch and talk shit about Dean Lowry, <laughs> let's use different metrics to value uh, Rashawn Gary. Trevor, you kind of okay. look like Rashawn Gary. 
You know, I have, I have heard that often, um, mostly <laughs> from people who have never uh, seen or heard or really ever even heard of Rashawn Gary. But other than that, striking resemblance. Um, I think linebackers would be covered pretty well. Is there any interior guys you want to talk about? I find these guys in the draft really underwhelming, to be completely honest. Uh, I like Barmore. That's about it. Um, I think we I think we need to address this in free agency. I don't think – I think the days of elite defensive tackles coming into the draft are pretty few and far between. I, I don't think the college system is going to be creating many of these guys anymore. So – you know, take that for what it is. It's just the way the game's changed. Um, is Yeah, do you guys have any of these guys you guys want to talk about? I mean, I, I think you hit it on the head there. I think it's, you know, um, it's kind of just a drop-off after Barmore. Um, it, yeah. It's weird because I feel like, you know, usually there's like two, three good defensive tackles that go, you know, one through 15, somewhere in there, and that's just not the case this year. I think Barmer goes, and then it's kind of who's going to take the next one come third round. Right. Yeah, and and it's another one of those things. Like, I think there's talented players, but if you tell me, if you ask me how big of a talent difference there is between the second-round D-tackle and a fifth-round D-tackle, I think there's surprisingly little difference this year. And at that point... You might as well just pick up some undrafted guys. Uh, edge rushers. I think getting an edge rusher this draft is going to be important in the first five rounds. I can't imagine Preston Smith is here next year. I also think the edge rushers, while top-heavy, I think they're pretty weak after the top three. And we still didn't get any projection from our pass rushers last year anyway. So I think there needs to be a change. Going, going on to pass yeah. rusher, it it feels like it's weird because there's not the premier pass rusher this year. You know, there's no Miles Garrett, no Jadavian Clowney, no Mario Williams, nothing like that. Um, you know, the, the pass rusher, I don't think is going to get picked. It, it, maybe not even in the top 15 picks, which seems a lot different than recent years. A lot different. Yeah, there isn't a clear guy. There's like a clear first round group. And again, I think Trevor, you talked about this with cornerbacks. They all have weaknesses. There isn't like a clear, this is a stud. This is an every down guy. They're pretty situational, which is annoying. Um, Yeah. I don't know. At this point, uh, Buffalo, Malcolm Concy. Let's go for him. Like Buffalo pass rusher, love it. Anybody from Buffalo, Whitewater, the connection's there, pretty close. I like those guys a lot. Uh, I don't know. If we can go pass rusher, edge rusher, fourth round, I think that would be a successful draft. Even if that's the compensatory fourth round pick, I think that works for me. I hope we don't trade up for a pass rusher in the first round. That's the only thing I'm really – that's another one. If we do that, I think I would be disappointed as well. Um. Yeah, and then safeties, I guess. Safety's another one. It, it, 
I am not excited about safety in the slightest in this draft. Obviously, it's not a big need for us, so we can wait till round five, six, whatever. There isn't a premier safety. So, is there any safeties you guys want to talk about? Um, like like you said, I don't think so. I I know the one guy from TCU. I forget his name right now. It seems like he's you know the number one, and then kind of yeah. kind of like defense tackles. It just kind of falls off the cliff after that. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of value on safeties come sixth, seventh round that you pick up one guy, just have a body. You know? For sure. Yeah, yeah, there will be people that just slip just because it's not a deep position. And I don't think it's a massive position of need for very many NFL teams either. So. I I did read um this guy from Florida State. Um Hamsa Nasirdin or whatever his name is. Um, the guy's 6'4", um, so that, that that was kind of intriguing to me. Um, I, I was looking at the big board. I think oh, he's around he the mark. I'm looking at him right now. He's projected second, third round. Huh. <laughs> I love this con. Not a playmaker. Gotcha. Okay. Well, <laughs> tell me more about him. Uh, he's yeah, he is big, six four two twenty. That sounds like a linebacker safety hybrid to me. Like that, probably playing in the box more often than not. Sounds pretty physical. Not a playmaker, but you know, whatever. I guess <laughs> yeah, that's a massive Nasiruddin. Huh. Okay. Well. Trevor, do you got any random questions you want to ask? Hmm. You know, I, I saw a video the other day. Um, it was kind of a throwback video from a little while back. It was about Jalen Ramsey when he was with the Jaguars, and he said, I feel like I could play in the NHL, you know, lace up the skates and stuff. Um, so that kind of begs the question. You know, we're answering it two years late, but, you know, beside the point, if you could pick one NFL player, that you think would be the best in the NHL. Again, we're going to exclude the legends, as in Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, Blake Bortles, obviously, because they're always a number one pick. If you had to pick an NFL player, active starter at any position, who do you think would be able to do the best in the NHL? Well, a serious answer for me would be J.J. Watt. He used to be like on a travel team playing in Canada and stuff in high school. Like He was an insane hockey player and if you think of that guy on skates i'm not sure if there's anything more terrifying to imagine so i think him or tj watt i don't know if he played any hockey but those guys would kill people like literally that'd be scary the the first player that popped into my mind he's not active but he's kind of active he was active a couple years ago was cam chancellor i feel like it would have been a great one yeah um (laughs) fully tinted face mask too right it's like Hockey. 50 build or whatever just coming down the ice slamming someone that'd be pretty fun to watch um you know i'm gonna get rid of the current and nfl players just okay. just anybody uh mostly because it destroys my argument but luke luke go on <laughs> i think i think prime rob gronkowski would have been pretty fun as an nhl player i bet alvin kamara would be nasty on skates like just watching like his balance workouts and stuff, I bet he could be really good. 
to bring the show full circle here, we're going to talk about balance and illusion. Mark Pingram. Oh, Mark no. Pingram. <laughs> no, I, I was I was going to say LaShawn McCoy. Oh, oh I, 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 I thought you were going Mark Ingram. I was like, hey, look, we did it. But no. Um, <laughs> I was wondering why, why you said elusive. I'm like, that's yeah, a little bit of a stretch, but that's kind of what we do here. <laughs> um, the one answer I was thinking of and why I had to change it to not active, Andre Johnson. And the only reason why I say that is because I'm thinking of him beating the shit out of Cortland Finnegan right now. And I'm like, yeah. that is a guy that would just, you piss him off like, Hey, he, he's already dropping the gloves. He does not care. He's saying, find me. You know, everybody loves him because they paid for his fine. So really, I, I'm just only taking the fight game as part of it, which is not the point of hockey to get into fights. Um, but hey, I'm calling Andre Johnson either way because that was a hell of a fight. Speaking of fining, I bet Marshawn Lynch would be good too. If we're going inactive, I bet he could skate. Like, again, it's just those massive. I, I know he can skate. I've watched him skate, actually. He did do like a hockey thing randomly, but he would kill people too. Like, he's a freight train, land or sea or ice. Jerome Bettis. Yeah. Jerome Bettis. Hey, BJ Raji. Right. <laughs> BJ Raji. No disrespect to him, right? Because he's a legend. I just see him falling on his ass and like scooting on his belly like a beached whale trying to make it back to the bench. Hey, you didn't say you just said hockey player. It could be goalie. We're not saying he needs to be a forward. Let's get him in the goal. He could do some shit. Uh, okay, I think that's the show. I think we figured it out. I'll, I'll have better questions next time. I, I I wasn't thinking about it. It got to like 20 minutes beforehand. I was like, uh, crap. Kind of kind of like the show, you know? It's just, oh shit, I forgot about it. But we're here. We're where always else, here. Where else can you get references back to two years ago? Fights 10 years ago. And big trust Mark Ingram for how irrelevant he is. That, that's what I gotta ask. He's pretty irrelevant. <laughs> You're not wrong there. Big show next week. We got our mock draft coming up, right? Yep. Next week, we'll figure out exactly how we want to do it, but we will be doing a seven-round mock draft. I don't know if we want to do it as a show, if we want to give our individual ones, but we will be giving the exact results. I can't imagine we will be wrong about any pick, so might as well bet on it as well. Uh, make a ton of money. We got to figure it out. Maybe we'll have good against on the show. He can let us know too. The I'll, fact, I'll reach out. The All fact right. you're able to say that with a straight face might be the funniest thing about this podcast up to this point. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. guaranteeing mine's going to be right. I'm always 100% confident. I'm not always right. I'm usually wrong. But I, whatever I say next week, I will be 100% confident that that is going to be the correct picks. You know, you know, Zach. You said you're not. You're most of the time wrong. I think that just means you're due to go 100 percent next week. Do hey. I don't? I don't think that's how it works. I don't. <laughs> when your team drafts Jordan Love and trades up for the dude when he would have been there and arguably the third, there is there is no guessing. It, it's almost as un. 
I would trust the Cleveland Browns draft team in the movie about them with the actors more than the actual Packers. So, Well, last year on Twitter, I said, because people were telling me the Packers were going to take Jordan Love, and I said multiple times, even the Packers aren't that stupid to draft Jordan Love. I said it multiple times. I called people idiots. I called people out. Like, just people, like, not like analysts, just like fans saying, hey, I think Packers are going to take Jordan Love. And I called them out, called them morons. So I'm going with Luke's uh, idea here. I think I'm due. I think I was so wrong last year. I have to be right this year. Tevin Jenkins. That's my first pick. You holy, ready for it? holy cow, is Mac Jones going to look good in green and gold? Yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. Uh, you don't think they're going to trade up for Trey Lance? Shame. They'd probably trade up for Kellen Mond. Probably. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. We'll be back next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.